The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. All right. So this morning I wanted to start with a few reflections about a theme that's come up several times in the in the um, discussions. Um, I've addressed it in little bits and pieces, but I thought I'd kind of collect my thoughts around it and just offer it as a, as a, as a short reflection. And it's about um, establishing mindfulness and uh, how we do that, what established mindfulness is. So... Um, Mindfulness, mindfulness that gets established, in my understanding, uh, the, the, the teaching on the Satipatthana, the four establishments of mindfulness, to me is a teaching on how we um, create the conditions in the mind for this quality of knowing that we know to be kind of pervading in our minds. So to me, that's what the establishing of mindfulness is, is this capacity that we have to know that we know from this perspective of observing our physical and mental experience as phenomenon, as present moment arising, that that capacity becomes strengthened and just available. Um, That capacity itself is not the same as directing the attention. The, the, uh, I think often when we begin to cultivate mindfulness, and certainly the, the four establishments of mindfulness, talks about directing the attention in order to establish mindfulness. Classically, you know, we, we might use the breath. We turn our attention to the breath. So that that's a choosing of the directing of the attention, which, you know, attention is this factor of mind that points our mind at certain experience and helps us to know that we know something. But attention and mindfulness are not the same. They're separate kind of functions of mind, I would say. Attention is that capacity that uh, orients to some experience, it, 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 uh, it, and, and that attention is possible to be under conscious control or not conscious control. It's kind of like, um, like breathing, you know, it's like we can breathe, we can consciously breathe, we can know I'm going to breathe in, I'm going to breathe out and choose to do that. And we can also let go and the breath will breathe itself. Attention is kind of like that in that we can choose, we can insert our active choice or will to say to I'm going to pay attention to this so I'm going to turn the attention to the breath for example Um, or if we're not consciously doing that attention will be attending to something based on conditions based on basically everything that's happened in the past. And so we, we, we do not have to direct the attention in order to be mindful. An understanding that mindfulness and attention are separate phenomenon can be recognized by uh, just reflecting on driving. I know that we've all driven completely mindlessly. 
and um, and yet something is paying attention to the road. Something is paying attention to the uh, the cars. Not you know your your action. There, there's a, a function in the mind that is knowing what's happening around you, and so that that points out that it's possible for the mind to be attending to something without mindfulness being there. Um, and likewise, we can be mindful without choosing to direct the attention. So, um, th- and this is the kind of mindfulness that um, I'm encouraging in the exploration of daily life, mindfulness. Um, because when we are practicing I'm going to back up for a second. We can establish mindfulness either through a practice of directing the attention or a practice of waking up to what, we, what attention is already paying attention to. So we can choose to say, okay, I'm going to see if I can establish mindfulness by paying attention to the breathing or by paying attention to hearing. And this is often how the instructions for mindfulness practice work. We encourage a directing of the attention. And it's supportive for the establishment of mindfulness. And yet, often we end up... um, well, two things. We, we, we end up depending on that directing of the attention in order to be mindful. And we um, sometimes think that if we are not directing the attention, it means that, there's, that mindfulness isn't there or that that's not what we're supposed to be doing. So the, the exploration I'm really encouraging here for daily life is cultivating that kind of mindfulness that is we can call it more receptive, that is waking up to what attention is already paying attention to. And the moment when mindfulness returns, that moment when we wake up having remembered that we've been forgetting to be mindful, in that moment, that's a great moment to recognize mindfulness itself, but it's also a great moment to just simply notice what is mindfulness knowing as it comes into awareness? So that you get that sense of not having to choose what to be mindful of, but that mindfulness can be receiving something that is already here. I sometimes use the, in my sitting practice, sometimes I use the the reminder, already known or already aware, that I don't have to pick something to pay attention to. There's something that the mind is already aware of, and what is that? What is the mind already aware of? This kind of establishment of mindfulness um, has a power in daily life because if we are having to, if we feel like we have to choose what we need to, what we're going to be mindful of, if we feel like in order to bring mindfulness into daily life, we have to be directing the attention. Then then that activity of directing the attention often gets in the way of the other things that we need to do to navigate our day. Like we need to plan, we need to um, have conversations and, and if while having a conversation you're having to think about okay can I pay attention to my body while I'm having this conversation it kind of it's, it gets in the way of a, of a kind of a natural flow 
of being mindful. And certainly it's helpful to do that from time to time. And I would, would encourage you to find times, for instance, when you can have a mindful lunch date with somebody that, that you are friends with and you can, you can say, okay, let's help each other be mindful here and actually practice directing the attention Remembering, okay, 50-50, remembering I need to pay attention to conversation and the, what's happening inside. And that is absolutely useful. And it's also useful to cultivate this capacity of the mind to simply wake up to what's already happening, what's, what's most obvious as mindfulness is present. And what I've seen in the, the establishment of mindfulness, this establishment of receptive mindfulness is that it, does not, it doesn't take any work when that mindfulness becomes established that, doesn't, that we don't have to be doing something in order to be mindful. It can go anywhere. It can, it can be, it can be, we can be fully present while we're having a conversation, while we're working on a computer program, while we're sending an email, while we're driving, while we're doing anything, chopping vegetables, um, while we're meditating. <laughs> and... Uh, that establishment of mindfulness from the direction of um, waking up to what's already happening is the encouragement that I'm making for this week. Um, because it, is, it, it, it can be unfamiliar and I also want to jostle your idea around uh, needing to choose what you are aware of needing to uh, say, okay, and I've heard this in, in some of the, um, the descriptions, particularly around the chore, you know, that you're brushing your teeth or, you know, cooking a meal, and um, you notice that the mindfulness gets lost, that there's kind of a tendency for the mind to get lost, and then there's the idea or the agenda Oh, being mindful now means paying attention to the sensations while I'm brushing my teeth or what I'm doing is I'm chopping the vegetables. So we, we have some idea about what we're supposed to be mindful of, but there's so, there's so many things happening in the present moment that we could pick to be mindful of. And what I'd like to encourage in this, the, the practice around the chores and around the, the activities is that when you wake up, in that moment when you remember, can you just become aware of what's already here? What are you already aware of? It may not have anything to do with the sensations. It may be that you're aware of a restlessness in the mind. Or it may be that, that you wake up being aware of a kind of a hunched shoulders around how you're standing over the sink. Uh, so, you know, just, just see what you wake up into and, and see if you can let go of any agenda around what am I supposed to be paying attention to? Seeing if you can allow mindfulness to connect with what is already being known in that moment. So it's a little bit of a turning around of the exploration in mindfulness because so much of the time we are choosing what to be mindful of. Let me see if there's anything else. When, um, when I found this place of the established mindfulness, it's quite, it's quite, 
you know, it, c- it comes and goes. It's definitely not like full time. And, and it, it, it gets deeper too. There's times when there's a kind of a light, a light kind of mindfulness. Like right now, it feels fairly light. I'm aware of what's happening. I'm aware of, you know, speaking. I'm aware of sitting here. Um, but I, I know from experience on retreat that it, it's, that, that the, the, the mindfulness can get established to the point where it's knowing, um, you know, very detailed and precise unfoldings of moment-to-moment intentions in the mind and thoughts that arise and decisions to act. And it's, it's quite phenomenal how powerful that, that um, establishment of mindfulness can become. And not choosing to decide what to pay attention to, but just available for what is unfolding in life. And so this is, this is the kind of mindfulness that can be um, supportive for daily life practice because it can, it can, go, it can go with you anywhere. It doesn't, it doesn't um, that establishment of mindfulness doesn't interfere with what is unfolding although that establishment of mindfulness will add wisdom to what is unfolding and create the conditions for more skillful choices in our lives. So um, I'm going to stop this. So the question about... um, it seems like mindfulness in daily life is self-centered and is it possible or is there um, something about this mindfulness that can also serve to help us to understand the person in front of us? Um, what I would say is first, I mean, the first piece that, that comes to my mind will sound like it is just self-centered, but the only thing that we can know, all that we can know, is what's arising in our bodies and minds through our senses. Sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, things arising in the mind. And that's, that, that, is, that is the only way we know anything. That's it. That's how we are connected to the world, is through our senses. And so um, learning to, to establish mindfulness helps us to become more attuned to what is actually arising here in this mind and body, fully aware of what's arising in this mind-body. That includes our perceptions of people. That includes our uh, views of uh, what's happening around us. That includes our sight of expressions of what, what somebody is saying. It includes our resonance with how somebody is, is experiencing things. When, when we sit in front of another person, at least in my experience, when we sit in front of another person, it's like there's a different... When I sit by myself, there's an experience that's familiar. When I sit with another person, there's a new experience that's created. Mindfulness helps to reveal that distinct experience of being with someone. And as we explore being fully present for what's happening here, we begin to understand, oh, this part of the experience, I feel like we're very resonant beings. You know, if somebody in front of us is experiencing a strong emotion, something happens here, and we can, we, 
I, I will at times feel like, ha, ah, this experience I'm having, this isn't mine per se. It's in the room. And this, so that this is information that helps me to understand what's happening in the room. And so the, the exploration that we have to start with is what are we knowing in our own minds and bodies, begin to see where, through mindfulness, where uh, our self-centered perspectives kind of shut us down to taking in that broader range of information. Because our habitual tendencies are usually very selfish. You know, what can I do? What can I get? Um, and so the, the beginning to see those selfish tendencies, we experience those as contraction, as suffering, and the, the, the heart begins to release those. And as, as we move into a place where the heart is less constricted by um, greed, aversion, delusion, barrier-making, protectiveness, fear, anxiety, confusion, anger, uh, pride, arrogance, well, when the, the heart is less... Um, gripped by all of that, it's much more, it feels to me like it's much more available to resonate with the world. Um, And so the mindfulness helps us to, I mean, a a lot of what we see early on is the ways that we're barricaded. And uh, and so that, that is a kind of a purification of our own hearts and minds, but the result of that purification is an availability for really meeting the world, resonating with the world. So does that speak to? Okay.